PointsBet Sportsbook pregame show continues on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Ah, the PointsBet Sportsbook, the fast and easy way to bet. Download the PointsBet app today. Do it now as we keep it up to date on some of the line changes because of the inactives that are coming through. Brian Hanley, Fred Hubner with you here on ESPN 1000 here all the way till kickoff for the Bears and the Atlanta Falcons. And we bring in our guy. He follows the Bears all the time. He's got no choice, but I know I'm, I'm reading some of his texts and he wishes he was down in Atlanta. And we go to um, the Corona hotline and bring in our guy, Jeff Dickerson. J.D., what's up? You know, guys, there are some trips like Detroit, Jacksonville, that you can do without as an NFL reporter. <laughs> Dare I add Buffalo, perhaps, to that list. But then there are some trips that you really miss. And Atlanta, I, I think Atlanta, personally, uh, I love Atlanta. I've had so much fun there. I think it's such a – I know it has the reputation of being a terrible – professional sports town but to be in atlanta during college football season on an sec saturday i've been there before several times that's something remarkable and i wonder what it would have been like now i would not have been going out to the bars okay if i was there right now in the pandemic but in like a normal year if sec football had their kickoff weekend and you had you know lsu playing mississippi state and all, all these other big games, uh, Florida playing and everything, Georgia. Um, that's like there's nothing like being in Atlanta watching this college football stuff in the SEC. So I miss being there. It is what it is. Uh, we'll do the best we can. And, guys, I'll tell you, it is, a, um, it is another very winnable game for the Bears. And, and Atlanta is so beat up. We got the news about 30 minutes ago that Julio Jones is inactive. Uh, they're missing so many starters on both sides of the ball. Uh, really, the Bears are in a great position to get the 3-0. and And even if you want to say, guys, it would be a soft 3-0, and which it would be a little bit, it doesn't matter. Because look at the league. Look at all these injuries. You get out to a 3-0 and start, and you have taken so much pressure off yourself as the season goes on. You can have a couple of bad games. You can make some mistakes. You can still be in the playoff hunt. So, I mean, this is a, just a golden opportunity for the Bears again this afternoon. That said, J.D., um, when Matt Nagy says we're just okay, I think most Bears fans would, would agree with that because <coughs> you saw half a game last week. You saw one quarter of a game from the offense anyway in week one. You know, good teams, we were saying earlier, obviously great teams not only beat bad teams, but they put them away and, they, you know, they, they just – you know, that, that halftime lead, it shouldn't have come down to the last play of the game yet again. But, okay, it goes in the win column. That's terrific. How, you know, how much do the Bears have to – you don't get style points, but how much do they have to pretty be much more consistent start to finish today? Oh, much more, Brian. You make, a, you make a fabulous points right there. I mean, exactly. They're not a great team. Does this look like a great team to anybody through two weeks? No. No, again, maybe you would say, okay – you give a little more benefit of the doubt. You take a little more time to figure it out because it's just been the weird year and there was no preseason and training camp was so short. and It's just a lot different this year. So 
that I think you have to put that into the equation some. That, that's fair to do. But when Matt Nagy says they're okay, they're just okay. Now, the, the Lions are terrible, guys. The Giants, I mean, how did the Giants score 13 points in the second half without Saquon Barkley or Sterling Shepard? Like, how does that happen? I mean, the defense did not, you know, they were raving about the defense. Well, not really. Sorry. Giants went 95 yards in 11 plays. Like you said, Brian, they had a chance to win on the last play of the game. The Bears looked really bad the first three quarters against Detroit. So it is what it is. And I'm not saying, like, this is a championship team. But I think the goal every year is find a way to make the playoffs. And if you get to 3-0, and it's just it's an odd year. I mean, guys, look at the, look at the uh, reports coming out, the inactives from around the league. Look at that San Francisco list. Isn't that crazy? I mean, Fred, your team is missing everybody, basically. Everybody's, everybody's gone. It's ridiculous. Not only that, their MRI truck even got hit outside the stadium. Did you see that? I mean, seriously. Oh I mean, whatever, whoever's, whoever they're contracting out to to do MRIs in, in San Francisco, that, that company's making a fortune because the yeah. Niners are their best clients just over and over again, everybody. So all I'm saying is, we all know the numbers, right? I mean, I know that it's a 16-game <laughs> season. Let's be, let's be real. When you start out 0-2, 0-3, you dig yourself a big hole. And we all know the percentages as far as making the playoffs versus not making the playoffs. Conversely, when you start 3-0, and 4-0, you just put yourself in a great spot. We've seen it fall apart before. Mark Trestman's Bears were 3-0 and at one point, and then they, you know, had – a bunch of losses. So I'm not saying that it can't happen, but it's just, it's just a strange year. And maybe this is the bears usually don't get lucky two out of three years. Their good luck is usually like one out of seven or one out of eight. Yeah. Maybe they're going to get lucky for a second straight year. And again, when you see this, these injuries coming out of Atlanta, you're like, wow. I mean, this is a game that, that they really could win. Now, Matt Ryan's very good. He passes for a ton of yards. They still have weapons, uh, even though that, um, you know, uh, Julio's inactive. I, I mean, uh, Calvin Ridley is not Riley Ridley. Calvin Ridley is the real deal. He's having a big year for them. They, <laughs> they can score points, but really, uh, the Bears got to go into this feeling really good and confident that there's a chance they come out of this thing with their third win. J.D., after the first two games, how surprised are you that Nagy has been able to change the identity of the offense to more of a run offense than pass offense? You know what it, it is to me, Fred? It's a little bit of validation just in terms of here's someone that kept their word. You know, we live in a world where everyone's a liar. Not us, you know, but I mean, everyone just, yeah, they say one thing and listen, I live with it in my house and my kid, right? Says one thing, does wow. the other. Oh, I'll do this. Yeah, right. Um, here's a guy that said to us in the offseason, I can go back to when times were normal back at the combine. Him stand, standing with him in Indy with everyone, talking to him, and he's like, got to run the ball, got to run, can't do it, you know, got to be, got to have an identity, we have to, we can't just not run the ball, it's crazy, and he made his coaching staff changes, you know, Bill Lazor's got a big influence on the, on the run game here, the run install, same thing with Juan Castillo, changes out a couple of guys that just more people that he feels comfortable with, not saying it's right or wrong, but you could tell that he, he meant business about this, and I feel like if it wasn't for Montgomery hurting his, his neck and missing a little bit of time last Sunday, I think he has 100 yards rushing. So my prediction today, we have to do the, you know, the crazy predictions. I think I'm like over sure. two so far on the predictions. Don't, don't uh, tell anyone. 
Um, I think it was that Montgomery gets 100 yards today. I think that's. I think it's built. We're building towards that, aren't we? Are we building towards a game where he gets 20 to 25 carries and really, you know, you know, imposes his will? Um, I think this is what happens against the beat up Atlanta defense. I think it's. I think it's wonderful for the Bears that Matt Nagy is sticking with it. I think some of the run calls are still a little like, why is Mitch just running to the sideline out of bounds? You know, like eh. And Cordell Patterson have to have that pitch, you know. Eh. But the fact is, he realizes what they have to do to win. He's coaching the they're coaching the quarterback position guys a lot better than last year, putting him in much better spots, and then running the ball to help him out too. So I think, even though it hasn't been consistent with the offense, I think you know the game plans going into me look a lot better than they did last year. Well, J.D., when you, know, you, you look at the run game, and we were talking about it earlier, it's terrific the tight ends are helping the run game, right? And they're using one tight end, two tight ends, sometimes three tight ends in their sets. Playing under center much more than they're playing out of the shotgun, at least you know, under Matt Nagy in the last couple of years. They're, they're 37 plays I read last week uh, under center, 27 out of the shotgun. Mm-hmm. But you know, the tight ends are, doing, uh, are helping out with the run game, but the numbers we were talking about, actually five catches, 55 yards, one TD. You've got a lot of resources invested in just blocking tight ends right now. That is surprising. They tried that one shot, remember last week with Demetrius Harris down the field, and that, that fell incomplete. Um, I, I am surprised those numbers are low. Uh, and, and plus, too, you know, for Trubisky, who I feel like they're doing, they're doing a good job managing him. They are. I mean, he's a very athletic guy. So the way that they're, you know, under, he's athletic enough to be under center, to get back there, to boot him out. Um, he's seen down the field okay. Um, you know, a lot of his throws, I, you know, now maybe I'm wrong, guys, on this one. I actually felt better about how he played in week two than he played in week one. Now, week one, he had that great fourth quarter, but before that, that was, it was brutal. Last week, you know, pretty good. I mean, the first half was really good. And then I will still say that he forced that ball to Robinson on the first pick, even though the Bears say otherwise. The second one, Allen Robinson is supposed to make that play, and that's, that's a play he makes all the time, falling out of bounds. I wasn't going to beat up Trubisky on that. Um, but the tight end, to me, it's such an easy throw for quarterbacks to make. And for Mitch, I would just think it would be such a no-brainer for him to just, you know, have Jimmy Graham run 10 yards post-up, make the catch. Um, same thing with Cole Quebec. You know, bring him over the middle. Um, he's a big guy. He's got some speed. He can box out a defender. So I, I can't give you an explanation for why. Maybe, maybe teams are just taking that away. You know, maybe that isn't there. But I, I agree, Brian. I thought going in the intent was to run the passing game a lot more through the tight ends. But it just hasn't happened for the first two weeks. Because they have run the ball so well, and now, you know, you think maybe they'll do it again. Do you think there's any... Uh, there's anything in Matt Nagy's head to say, man, you know what, though? Everyone's been able to throw on this defense. We should just scrap the run and throw the ball. You don't think he's going to do that, do you? I would say <laughs> no. However, okay. I mean, if there are plays to be made down the field, right? I don't have a – I mean, look, A.J. Terrell's out. That's a big loss right. for them. So it, it, when they're – you saw what Trubisky did against Detroit's secondary – when they sure. were super uh, banged up in the fourth quarter, you know, losing their three top guys. So if there's plays to be made down the field, make the plays. I'm not saying like you can't. <clears throat> I'm not. 
I don't think Nagy's going to say, well, um, I got to follow this script exactly the way I thought it would be if Atlanta was at full strength. No, I mean, you take advantage of matchups for a reason. That's what good players do. That's what good coaches do. You recognize that. Now, Trubisky's got to make the throws, but I, I still feel you can do both. I mean, I, you know, my, my feeling is what he wants to do is he still wants to run. Absolutely. You get Montgomery the 100 yards, you know, in that, in that style, but there should be plays to be made in the passing game. And, and Trubisky's downfield throws have, have not been terrible. Uh, certainly weren't terrible last week. So, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, hey, let's just scrap this and, and go like, uh, you know, Mississippi State yesterday and have, you know, Trubisky try to be uh, K.J. Costello and throw for 637 yards. First of all, I don't think he throws for 637 yards. Um, but, no, I, I, don't, I don't think that's what they're going to do. But, again, I would not be hesitant to attack uh, the weaknesses of Atlanta, which is all, obviously all these injuries on defense. Is Danny Trevathan, um, have we seen his best days? Uh, you know, is he, is he getting into the doghouse? How would you describe his situation? I just think he's not, he's not moving well. I, mean, I think that, that was reflective of, of the snaps. I mean, this was a guy that never really came off the field. Um, and, you know, he's, he's coming off the field. They're not, they're not shy about that. If you're not doing the job, they're going to take you out. How about Roquan Smith last year, Brian? You know, there's yep. a guy that was drafted to be an every-down linebacker, and he was coming off the field. He didn't have a great year. The numbers are deceiving with him. I mean, I know he led the team in tackles, but that wasn't the year they were expecting from him. So they're not shy to do that. Now, it is disappointing that they just resigned Trevathan. Mm-hmm. They let Kwiatkowski go, who is injured, by the way, in Vegas. He didn't play Monday because of that pectoral injury. So it's, it's unfortunate that it was an either-or type deal and they chose Trevathan. Maybe he is someone that could have benefited from a little more of a, a ramp-up period, a, a traditional off-season program, traditional training camp. But I just feel like he's not moving well. And you saw that in week one. You saw that in week two. And that just, guys, that just is what it is. If you can't run well, you're going to have your playing time decrease. Now, maybe um, things change. I mean, he is a, he's a very smart player, uh, he's a veteran, you know, knows the defense inside and out, you know, great teammate. They like him a lot. But you can't, you can't play favorites here. If a guy's not moving well, uh, something has to be tweaked and adjusted. And I think that's what they're doing there at that spot. J.D., we appreciate it as always. Uh, enjoy the game at the comfort of your home. Uh, hopefully you won't be bothered too much. <laughs> well, no, see, it's, uh, I had the stupid bears scheduling these games during fall, fall baseball games. I mean, I can't believe the bears oh. would do this. I'm kidding. Uh, so the house <laughs> is a little empty right now. So I've got, uh, videos coming in from the fall baseball game and the bears on, on the big screen. So I'm doing my best to multitask. There you go. There you go. We'll talk to you soon, JD. Thanks. All right, guys. Take care. Jeff Dickerson, uh, juggling, juggling <laughs> baseball fall baseball and everything else with this uh with covid and everything else going on and uh yeah there's certain places that you'd like to go when you're uh when you're following it or covering a team i i know brad there's a lot of places you probably love to go when you were covering teams and uh probably some places not so much i mean atlanta you know but at least you got a at least you got a nice uh ambulance ride that you told us about well, it. well so you go good. for the food too right so right oh all these places you go for the food yeah there's no <laughs> doubt about it um we come back. I want to we talk about this a little bit. I know Yurko mentioned it a little bit during his, his keys, but the Chicago Bears lost one of the all-time greats earlier this week. I want to talk about it a little bit. We come back. It's uh, Brian, Fred, right here at ESPN 1000. 
we're heading to kickoff on the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. Bears talk continues right after the game. Join us for the Bears postgame show with Jeff Meller and Howard Griffin. And Bears Monday begins at 7 a.m. with a new morning show, Cap and J Hood. This is ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Points Bet Sportsbook, the fast and easy way to bet on the sports you care about. Download the Points Bet app now and get $100 in free bets when you deposit $20 with code ESPN. Brian Hanley, Fred Huebner. And Brian, uh, you're a younger guy than I am, um, but so you probably didn't get a chance to actually see Gail Sayers, I wouldn't think. I did one at Wrigley Field. One game my, my dad took. I was probably okay. eight or nine, eight or nine at the time. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, big memory of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, when I was growing up, um, let's see, Gail Sayers was drafted in, in 65. Not a bad first round of draft when you get uh, uh, Gail Sayers and Dick Butkus. And then you still couldn't win. So it shows you. Yeah. I mean, really. I mean, how bad could you have possibly been? to get two of the best players in the history of the game and not win. But anyway, that's another story for another day. Yeah. But, but Gail Sayers was, I've said it over and over again, the most amazing running back I've ever seen. He, he would not only carry the ball, he would throw the ball, he would return kicks, return punts, whatever you needed him to do, he would do it. And uh, he was such an amazing running back to watch. He, uh, so many of the highlights that people watched this week after he passed away, um, you see him cutting across the field and he just like hesitates and lets the guy go flying past him. And I don't know how he ever saw these people. And I had asked him one time, Gail was really, a, really a quiet guy. Yeah. And then <clears throat> we actually had a chance to work with him. I worked with, I was working with Mike North. We had a chance sure. to work with Gail Sayers on a weekly basis and, um, if anybody can loosen you up, Mike North can do it. Um, and he actually loosened up Gail Sayers and Gail got to be, you got to see his sense of humor and everything else. And I went up to him one time at a bowling game, the bowling event we had or something. And I said, Gail, I said, I just want to tell you, I said, all the type running backs I've ever seen, I go, you're my favorite running back. I said, I argue about other, you know, with other people and all that stuff. I said, but I never quite understood how you were able to cut and just stop, and people would go flying by you like you had eyes in the back of your head. He goes, I did. <laughs> and it just, just, a, just a little sense of humor, and he was, he was so amazing and such an amazing running back and so much fun to watch. And, you know, his, his injury, um, which took him out with that knee, I mean, nowadays that's something that you know, guys will be back in half a year from. But uh, back then – it really took him out uh, of being the, the kind of running back that would be remember, remembered by so many people. He played a total of 68 games. I know, but right? Anybody that goes back to watch his highlights, they used to, the NFL today, back in the day when it was uh, Brent and Jimmy DeGreek and Phyllis George and Herb Cross, at the beginning of the show would be him and Dick Gordon standing at the goal line waiting for the kickoff. And he would give this, make the sign of the cross and then catch the ball and then proceed just to run it upfield and score on a, on a kick return touchdown. And I used to love watching it. My dad, back in the day, you couldn't watch home games, but there was a, um, 
a bowling alley in Cicero, which had a big antenna. So they were able to pick up the Rockford station. Hmm. So we would able, were able to watch it. So you'd come in and pay like five bucks and they'd give you a beef sandwich and a soda. You sit and watch <laughs> on a, on a, on a TV screen or a, a big screen watching Gale Sayers run the ball for the Chicago bears back in 1965. And uh, I'll never forget those things. And he was, he was, he was a great guy. A, a guy got a chance to know a little bit, just an awesome person. But the highlights you see of him and the people that haven't seen him and the people that went just saw this week. And I think one of the nicest compliments anybody could give him this week was he could be playing now. He had that, those abilities, the moves that he had then. He's not one of those plotting running backs from back in the day. He just had the speed. He could he just make one little move and all of a sudden, boom, he, he, his speed would be like top, top gear. He was such a great, great running back to watch. And we, we lose a good one there. You mentioned Dick Buckus, and I saw a clip this week of uh, he and Gail sitting for an interview, and Gail gave the 18 inches of daylight. You give me 18 inches of daylight, and I'll do the rest. And Dick says, why 18 inches? And he said, I don't know. <laughs> it just sounds good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was, he was, uh, he, he was a, a funny guy. It took him a while. He was, hey, he was mad at the world for a while, and I don't blame yeah. him. Uh, for 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 the injury and took him out of what you know what he only what, what he wanted to do, but uh, yeah, just an amazing amazing athlete, an amazing player, and uh, obviously one that uh, will, will be missed. And uh, but he's been sick for a few years, and uh, yeah, dementia is an awful thing, and uh, he's been suffering with that for a few years. So that was that was a shame. That was a shame. But uh, I was wondering today too because some people had mentioned if the Bears are going to do anything to honor him today. And someone had mentioned wearing, wearing white pants on the road or something like that. I don't know, something they don't usually do. Um, so we'll see. We'll see when the Bears actually um, go up against the Falcons today, if they do anything to honor Gale Sayers. How about but, just uh, scoring seven touchdowns? <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. score a bunch. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> the, uh, and then that, that game when he, when he scored uh, against San Francisco, and I think I heard someone say it right, uh, right this week, it's like everybody else was running on mud, and it was like he was running on AstroTurf. He never yeah. slipped the entire game, and it was amazing. All these other people are sliding all over the place, and he just he's he's making cuts against the grain and everything else like that. Just an amazing, amazing player, and uh, just so much fun to watch back in the day. And uh, again, they were a terrible team. They just didn't they couldn't figure anything out. But uh, I'm looking at some of his numbers here. His first year, he only started 12 games. He had 14 rushing touchdowns. He had six receiving touchdowns, and then he mm-hmm. had a couple return touchdowns. <laughs> so 22 touchdowns his rookie year at the age of 22, and uh, and they still couldn't win. But whatever. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, uh, my brother has a really nice picture of him and Ray Nitschke outside of the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. And wow. uh, yeah, so it's a re- very very cool stuff. But yeah, it's uh, you know one of the one of the all time greats, and uh, the Bears have had those. They've had those at running back, and uh, they don't necessarily have an all-time great right now, but it'll be nice to see if David Montgomery can get to carry the ball a little bit today after he's got his 29 carries in two games. Uh, I know you had mentioned, and uh, what J.D. had mentioned, it'd be nice to see uh, Matt Nagy maybe give a David Montgomery 25 carries in a game. Uh, but I'm not sure, because of his other running backs, if, if that's in the Matt Nagy playbook. Or, or, as we've been talking about, whether the Atlanta defense is so... Uh, you know, giving during, through the air that you even want to go 25 uh, right. runs 
I mean, it's right. It'll be interesting to see the strategy. I mean, you know, the the best thing would be get a lead and run the ball as much as you, you want to after that. You know, but if you're going to be, I mean, if you're playing from behind to this Falcons team and, and you know, I, 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 you know, are they going to get allow another, you know, four second half touchdowns? I mean, here's hoping you're not in that situation where you're just, you no. have to have a second half miracle like Dallas did last week. No, no. Cause I don't know that this bears team and this bears offense has that in them. To no. Come up with that many points late in the game. We come back. We'll check in with Vaughn McClure from uh, ESPN NFL Nation. He follows the Atlanta Falcons. We'll talk to him about all of the injuries they have coming into this game. It's Hanley. It's Huebner here at ESPN 1000. Bears football. football. We're heading to kickoff on the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Less than a half hour from kickoff. Down in Atlanta, the Bears taking on the Falcons. Brian Hanley, Fred Hubner, and we check in with our guy who's been following the Atlanta Falcons after spending some time up here in Chicago for a few years. Vaughn McClure joins us on the Corona Hotline. Vaughn, how are you today? Hey, what's up, guys? Doing well. Um, watching from up here, um, it looked like the Atlanta Falcons in the offseason said, we got to get some more offensive weapons, and they did. And uh, it seems to work out pretty well for them so far. But other things have uh, kind of let them down the first two weeks, haven't they? Oh, definitely. I mean, everybody saw the special teams play that happened last week with the onside kick. You know, that's going to be something that's going to kick at them the whole season because it should have been handled and they should have won that game, no doubt about it. But they thought they'd get everything together and and have a different mindset going into this week against the Chicago Bears. But guess what? The injury bug hit. And now they got a bunch of injuries that they have to deal with, especially Julio Jones, the top receiver, who's out with a hamstring injury. Vaughn, what's what's the mindset of the team right now? When you have what was a historic collapse we talked about earlier, no team that scored 39 points and had no turnovers ever lost an NFL game until last week. Um, you know, we've seen this before, and Dan Quinn is a defensive genius, or that's what was on his resume when they hired him. <laughs> um, you know, how, does, this team, does this team come out ticked off today, or are they going to be more likely just to go through the motions because, you know, they're – they've just had a horrendous two weeks here to start. Well, Dan Quinn always talks about being pissed off and and wanting to move on to the next game. In fact, their model for this week is that we're trying to go 1-0. They're trying to start over. We go 1-0, we beat the Bears, we're 1-0, and start the season over and and get their minds right. But we'll see. You know, Dan Quinn is an ultra-positive guy. You know, that's been his um, reputation. He's a guy that always looks for the best things out of even disaster. So we'll see how his team responds. But, again, I think the biggest issue they have today is that they have a slew of injuries. Yeah, it's, it's nice to have that mindset that we're going to come out here and kick some butt this week. But if you don't have the right personnel, if you don't have the guys out there that you can play with, it's going to be a problem. Uh, the, Julio Jones obviously is a horrible injury to have and not uh, have him in the lineup. You've got Calvin Ridley. You've still got Russell Gage, who's actually putting up nice numbers, and Hayden Hurst. Matt Ryan throwing the ball all over the place. But on the defensive side, the secondary seems to be allowing, I couldn't believe this when I saw it, 77.12% wow. pass completions. Um, what's the problem? No no rush, no no rush up front, no guys covered. What's, what's the problem right now? 
Well, I think they definitely have had a problem in coverage. I think they had some pretty good pass rushes, but they haven't had a consistent pass rush. Remember, they got Dante Fowler over from the Rams. He was supposed to be a guy that was going to really inject life into the pass rush, but he's been battling an ankle injury. They have Tack McKinley, who had a great first game, but he's out today with a groin injury, so he's not going to be playing. And then you talk about the secondary. Kendall Sheffield's a guy that they talked about being their number one cornerback. Well, guess what? He hasn't played yet this season with a foot injury. So now they were relying on A.J. Terrell, the rookie cornerback who played well during training camp and did okay in his first two games, but now he's out with the COVID-19 list. He he tested positive for COVID-19. So they don't have him. They don't have Ricardo Allen, who is one of their top safeties. He's a guy that can really diagnose plays and and get ahead of plays. I think they're going to really miss him today, and they're going to really miss Terrell. Wouldn't surprise me if the Bears take some shots against his defense today. Yeah, and when you look at the Atlanta allowing 372 yard pass, uh, 372 passing yards on average each of the first two weeks, we're wondering how the Bears attack. I mean, do they attack the weakness, uh, the apparent weakness, and go through the air? Or, Vaughn, they've actually established the run here in the first couple weeks, and it looks pretty good. Do they, do they keep that going? I, I think they should pass the ball. That's just my opinion. Because as you look at it, you got a guy starting today, Bleedy Ray Wilson, who's not been a regular starter. You got a, a guy named Isaiah Oliver, who's their one regular starter at cornerback, but he gave up that big pass play against the Seattle Seahawks. So I can see them definitely attacking those two guys and taking advantage of that. And again, the pass rush, maybe Dante Fowler gets some pass rush today coming off that ankle injury, but they don't have Tack McKinley, their other pass rusher. So I think they'll be weak in those areas, both the pass rush and with their coverage outside. So definitely I think Mitch Trubisky should take some shots, but as my guy Jeff Dickerson told me, he's not accurate all the time when it comes to taking those deep <laughs> shots. I don't. I don't think he's. I don't think JD's the only one who would have to tell you. That. <laughs> I think Matt Nagy might tell you that too. Yeah, there's a good chance. Um, I'm looking here. Uh, Todd Gurley, 35 carries, 117 yards. That doesn't sound like great production from him so far. But how's he been? You know what? There was a lot of questions about his knee. You know that he has an arthritic condition in his knee. They've monitored him. They limited him as reps. They give him a day off every week in practice and stuff like that. He came out looking pretty good in the opener. I uh, had a really good first half, but then they got away from the run game because they fell behind and just started passing the ball. Dirk Cutter, the offensive coordinator here, he's a pass-heavy guy. That's just who he is. It's hard to change that mindset when you're all about the pass. But they have to. I think today, even today, with the injury problems that they have, they might be tempted, hey, let's, let's, let's test these guys anyway because we still have Calvin Ridley. We still have Russell Gage. We still have Hayden Hurst. But you've got to establish that run game. you definitely got to establish it with Todd Gurley. He's shown some ability. He doesn't have that Todd Gurley-like elusiveness that, 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 you know, put your foot in the dirt and go like he used to have when he was the NFL Offensive Player of the Year. But I think he's still a serviceable back, serviceable back and I think he can really help you guys out if you establish that run game. But that's something the Falcons have not done consistently through the first two games. And Calvin Ridley, we, you know, we were talking about it. Uh, I, I, hearing some of the Bears' secondary players after watching film saying, you know, they've never seen a guy like this, his, you know, how he can run and his explosiveness and he's so smooth. With Julio out, can he continue to put up the numbers he's put up the first couple of weeks? Yeah, because one of the numbers that I really like is that he leads the league in touchdowns with four touchdowns so far. When I look at Calvin Ridley, and I, look, I studied him this offseason, he's such a great route runner. He really knows how to make 
to win at the line of scrimmage. And he's gone. I don't know if you guys seen any of his videotapes that he posted during the offseason, but he's just explosive. He's amazing. Even Lamar Jackson, his old buddy back from the, from the grade school days, he said, man, this guy is something else. He just leaves people in the dust. So, yeah, I think Calvin really can have a big game. I think Russell Gage is a guy who's really developed, and he can have a big game. And let me give a shout-out to the Christian Blake from Northern Illinois University. He's going to get a chance to start today with Julio sideline with the hamstring injury. So Blake might get a chance to make some plays, too. And then Hayden Hurst, the tight end. He's another guy, like I said, I think Matt Ryan has a lot of weapons to work with, and I think the Falcons can still outscore the Bears if they just go about their offense the right way. It's, it's kind of tough to be Matt Ryan. Um, I mean, you've got Drew Brees down there. You could now have Tom Brady in the division and things like that. But Matt Ryan just seems to roll on each and every year. I'm looking at his percentage completion, 67.8%, nine, or 61 for 90, six touchdowns, just one interception. Um, is, is he, has he gotten better? Has, have you seen any fall off from him? But I just love watching him play. Well, I think Matt Ryan is who he is. He's a He's a – very consistent guy. You know, he's going to give you a good, good percentage, just like you said. He's not a deep ball thrower. That's just not who he is. It's never really who he has been. He can do it every once in a while, but he's going to be an accurate passer. And that's what you got to ask for. Be accurate and don't create, don't have any turnovers. And if, if he can do that, I mean, I think he gives them a chance to win every time out there. Again, he, he doesn't move around, of course. He's not that kind of guy. He's not a guy that's going to beat you with a 50-yard bomb like a Pat Mahomes and everything like that. But be consistent, and he's consistently good at what he's done. And remember, this is the one-time MVP, so you can't forget about it. I think a lot of people forget about that just because he didn't win the Super Bowl and because of the collapse that happened in the Super Bowl. People forget that Matt Ryan was the MVP. So what happens, Dave, Vaughn? I mean, interesting to see how the line – the total's been going down a little bit since Julio Jones is, uh, you know, uh, inactive. But the Bears' total has gone down a little bit, too. Um, is Atlanta desperate enough to, to pull out a win here? Or should this be a confidence builder for the Bears and they go down there and not only win, but do it, you know, uh, kind of convincingly? Well, I don't, I don't know if I want to say right now because I'm really not sure because of these injuries. But I would say this. Coming into the season – this was the Dan Quinn was on the hot seat. Remember, everybody thought that he was going to be let go after last season, but the owner, Arthur Blank, came out and kept him and said, hey, you know, I got confidence in him that he's going to turn these things around. They go down 0-3. Oh, my gosh. Imagine that. You know, here's a guy you expressed confidence in and you kept around and you're 0-3, and then you got Green Bay next week in Green Bay. So that could be an 0-4 start if you lose to the Bears today. So I think they rally today. I think they have enough weapons. It's Arthur Blank's birthday, too. They don't want to lose on Arthur Blank's birthday. It will really Not, be no. problem. How does so. a billionaire celebrate on his birthday? I'd like to know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I see the Falcons pulling it out today. Appreciate you jumping on. We know it's close to kickoff. We appreciate your time always. Thanks. Okay. okay Thanks, guys. Vaughn. Take care now. Vaughn McClure, really great guy. Uh, guy who spent some time up here in Chicago. He's been down yeah, colleague of mine at the Sun-Times, yeah. Yeah, yeah, really good guy. Uh, nice to hear from him. We come back. We'll take a look at our polls from earlier today. Also give you a couple of our bold predictions leading you up to the Bears and the Falcons. We're talking about it here on the PointsBet Sportsbook pregame show. Continuing, continuing, continuing Bears coverage 
Follow us on Twitter at ESPN 1000. Follow us on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. And we have more Bears right now. The Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. And don't forget, as soon as the game is over, come right back. Jeff Miller, Howard Griffith, they'll break it down for you. Hopefully talking about the 3-0 Chicago Bears after uh, they beat the Atlanta Falcons. The guys will be here for two hours after the game. Uh, take your calls, 312-332-3776. Brian, we had a couple of polls going out today, and uh, Tyler's going to be able to recap them for us. All right, so we start with this one. Will the Bears rush for 100-plus yards today? <coughs> Overwhelming, yes, we're getting on hmm. this one. 72% think that the Bears will go over the century mark today. Now, granted, they have rushed for 149 and 135 the last two weeks, right? So yes. that's pretty good. So we'll see if they do it again. All right, next up, which position group has impressed you the most so far through the first two weeks? Offensive line carrying the bulk of the votes right now, 64%. Secondary checking in at second with 18%. Running backs at 14%, and the defensive line at 3%. We also got one comment saying, how is the quarterback not listed up here? (laughs) So take that for what you will. Is yeah, Mitch a group? He's a position yeah. group. Yeah, he's not a group. But but the other, it, it's I think it's telling, and I think JD mentioned it too. The defense has not been through the first two weeks. The defense has not been what we've expected it to be. So and certainly at key times of the game, you know, the second yeah. half, I, for a Giants team to be able to march down the field like that and and have you know, the final play possibly uh, you know right. pull out a victory after that that the first half they had. Not good enough, right? So no. hopefully Robert Quinn and the and Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack and the crew can uh, can you know be a little more um, noticeable today. Yeah, we talk about all the injuries that the Atlanta Falcons have. The Bears have almost none. Okay, so it would be nice to see them go on out and perform well. Yeah, the so. Bears one of the most health blessed teams in the league right now. Yeah, uh, last yeah. one we got for you here. Which rookie's performance is more sustainable for the remainder of the season? Now, the answer doesn't surprise me, but the margin does. Yeah. Jalen Johnson at 84%, Darnell Mooney picking up the other 16%. Holy cow. Like Jalen Johnson's been phenomenal this year, and, and I think Darnell Mooney's gotten off to a great start as well. But I would have thought that would have been more like a 65, 35, yep. 60, yeah, 40. I'm with you. Yeah. I think some people were, I don't know, I think some people thought that game one was better than it was because he did get picked on. He did get beat a few times in that game one against Detroit. Um, but he makes but, the big play at the end of the game. Um, he almost had an interception as well, too, in right. the first game. I know. I know. But, uh, yeah, listen, co- young quarterbacks are going to, you know, like young like young relief pitchers, like young, you know, you're, you're going to have to have a short memory. And uh, they haven't been beat yet. I, I mentioned the numbers um, from the two guys. 27 times they've been uh, targeted between Jalen Johnson and Kyle Fuller. 12 catches, 164 yards, no touchdowns yet. So, you know, Calvin Ridley has four touchdowns in the first two games. Let's see if they can hold Calvin Ridley off the board today. If they do, there's a pretty good chance the Bears can come away with a victory. So that'd be nice yeah. to see. Yeah, no doubt about that. And, you know, look, you, as, as good as Jalen <coughs> Johnson's been, the you know guys like Matt Ryan, they're going to continue to test him. 
just because oh, sure. of, yeah, and just, okay, prove it again. You know, And this is going to be the best quarterback he's faced thus far yeah. as well. Mm-hmm, best receivers, sure. too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah even though, like you said, Russell Gage, 15 catches for 160 and a touchdown. And Hayden Hurst, I mean, this is, Hayden Hurst is a guy that's going to be able to catch the ball over the middle. So you're going to see a Roquan Smith and a Danny Trevathan put to work uh, in, the, in the game today. So, um do you have some uh, bold predictions for us at all, Brian? You got a bold I do. Prediction? You talked me into it. Okay. I'm going back to the tight end. They're going to okay. score one touchdown today via the pass. And Demetrius Harris. It won't be Jimmy Graham or Cole Komet. Let's go to Demetrius Harris for just for shock value. That's a bold you sure you don't statement. want to go? You sure don't want to throw Adam Shaheen out there? I mean, I, I almost went J.P. Holtz just because. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. There was actually, from what I understood, I didn't see the game. But there was an Adam Shaheen sighting, I guess, on a uh, for the Miami Dolphins. That Thursday night, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to go with a really bold prediction, and it's based on the secondary and all the injuries for the Atlanta Falcons. And I'm saying that Mitch will have a four touchdown game. Wow, four hey, touchdowns! NFC Offensive Player of the Week. There just you go. Like, just like Dak Prescott and Russell Wilson, the Falcons are just going to keep uh, handing out that award to opposing quarterbacks. It's a bold yep. strategy, Cotton. Yeah, it's it's as bold as you get, I think. Uh, four touchdown outing for Mitch. So, what do you think, uh, Tyler? All right. So, I actually I'm gonna kind of take the opposite of you, Fred. I'm gonna say David <laughs> Montgomery runs for two touchdowns today uh, in the game uh, against a very banged up and struggling Atlanta defense. Come on, wow, that's bold. They could still get 42 points if four <laughs> yeah, touchdowns. Sure, why passes. not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can see this Bears offense coming up with a 42-point. No, I can't. No, really. you can't. No. no. That's, did not you not even. know what the total is for the Bears on the over-under? Yeah. Still, let, let's, double, let's double check that. The points pulling that it up right now. 21 and a half. It's still staying right on that number right there. But that's down a point from when we start the show. Exactly. Yep. That's pretty good movement <laughs> yeah. in two hours. <laughs> Especially when the injuries come out and they're, yes. <laughs> they're hurting the defense as well. Yeah. Yeah. Something. There's a disconnect there. Uh, uh, Tyler said that he was going to what was it get down to 20 what, what happens when it goes down 20 and a half are you, are you on that what happens? I think yeah I mean 21 is that critical number too yeah and I mean the the move from 22 and a half to 21 and a half in terms of the points that you score in a game doesn't really mean a whole lot right but when you get from 21 and a half and say even if it does get to just 21 now it's only got about five minutes to do that but if it does then I think you, you, there is a lot of value in taking that over 21. Huh. Well, scares me. <laughs> it should. There's, there's so many different ways to bet these games nowadays with uh, the points bet app and everything else. I'm looking here. You could bet there's like 135 different wagers uh, just on this game. And, um, you know, there's so many different things. Even, to, even for gamblers that, you know, even if we had gone to Vegas a lot, a lot we never had this money, many options no, no. to wager on. And now I'm looking at Calvin. I mentioned the Calvin Ridley ones before. Julio Jones, well, that's not obviously not good. Allen Robinson, six to eight receptions, uh, plus 150. Hmm. Uh, three to five, minus 114. But, you know, who's going to have more receiving yards? Heads, uh, heads up, either Calvin Ridley at minus 132 or Allen Robinson at plus 100. So. Wow. There's so many different things you can go and wager on. You can get a, the points bet app has all the things, and then and you can be just like Devin Hester and uh, uh, Allen Iverson. So, 
<laughs> because they're 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 buying they're buying in. So and uh, points bet is our guys each and every week, and uh, I can't wait. Uh, I know the guys Jim Miller over at Hawthorne are working on the sports book. Uh, oh, yeah. Can't wait for that to get started and get open, and for all of the COVID to go away, and everybody can uh, head on over to Hawthorne Racecourse and just be like our own little mini Vegas. Can't wait. That'll be all kinds of fun. And so. Jim Miller and the guys out there do a terrific job. And um, the, the Tito's bar there they put in a year or two ago is terrific. So, yeah, yeah, it's a great place just, to. They start their, their thoroughbred week starts, uh, what's it, next week, next Friday, I think it is. So their thoroughbred start, uh, start up again. And Jim gave uh, at least one winner yesterday. I missed the first one. I bet on the other two. I don't know if he gave winners on that. But uh, you can't miss Jim Miller on the uh, odds couple each and every week. Brian, we'll do it again next week when the Bears take on the Colts. Hopefully they'll be going for a 4-0 and record. Thanks to uh, Tyler Rocky for all of his help. Don't forget, it's Miller and Howard Griffith as soon as the game is over with the uh, post-game show. Thanks for listening here to the uh, PointsBet Sportsbook pregame show right here on ESPN 1000. <laughs>